0: This is Emmanuel today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Well, good morning, church. Oh, come on, I can get a better one than that. Good morning, church. I can almost hear Maple Grove and Elk River right now along with Spring Lake Park and those at home. I wonder what it's like in a living room when people are shouting uh, back at the screen. How many of you love Jesus today? You love him? That's the the best thing. Uh, As we've gone through this series in this month, um, and many of us have begun our uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting this week, there's something special that happens when we worship. And we worship together. We spent time praying. We spent time on our own, disciplining ourselves to listen to the voice of God. And, And I just want to say, hey, church, let's stay in the journey if we can. If you haven't started yet, you can join the rest of the church and jump right in with all of us. Because we are just wanting to hear the Lord better. Amen? It's not to twist his arm better. It's not like we have more power to twist God's arm. No, we just want to hear him better. Get the clutter out of the way. I went off of social media this week, and it was the best thing ever. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's like, what? Why do I need that in my life? And uh, uh, it was just a fun thing for, for, for me this week, just experiencing the opportunity to have space to hear God and to listen to what God has to say. Uh, I love, as we sang, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God from Matthew 5, Jesus' sermon on the mount. I love that sense that as we seek God together, he also purifies our heart and enables us to see him even better. And uh, as I was thinking about today, as we are going into our message, this weekend is a powerful time to remember how God moves in the life of believers, people who follow Jesus. It's the only holiday in America that is dedicated to a preacher is tomorrow. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and uh, I, I get excited every single year for this weekend just because it's the only one dedicated to our preacher. I'm like, yeah, we're in. Uh, we're into the holidays, um, but I also know that the, the work of Dr. King and what he did, he started as, as a preacher in a pulpit, but he cared about the streets, and he cared about people around him, and he went about his work of doing what he felt like God had called him to do, to call our nation to a place of justice. But the way he did it was through nonviolent, peaceful protests and, uh, and prayer and serious prayer and advocacy. And, and what I loved about uh, Dr. King was is that, that he exemplified if someone reads the word of God, they don't just live their own life for their own spirituality, but they care about those that are around them. And as I think about what he did, I, I can't f- help but f- remember his I have a dream speech. Perhaps you've seen clips of that and how he raised the collective vision of people to see a different picture. And he talked about his, in his dream, the dream for the children. And I wanna say today, as we think about where we are in America, that if we, anything, if we could think about the next generation, and to consider how we can model for the next generation what it means to be a, a, a model citizen but also a believer. Amen. And to show the love of Jesus in this hour. And uh, this coming week here uh, in, in America, we have, in the United States, we have a transition of power in the presidency that's going on. And I don't often talk about things that are going on in the government but this particular time, I'm just calling the church to, to continue to pray for peace and safety in our country and security. You know, when there's insecurity at the top or there's instability at the top, there's insecurity amongst the people. And I want to have, see a stable Twin Cities, a stable Minnesota. And so I'm praying, God, keep our country from unraveling. Can I get an amen to that? And so I, I just want to encourage you to pray with us. This week, In fact, I want to pray right now, if you would with me before I go into the, my message today, and just ask the Lord to, to help us. Father, we thank you for the incredible mercy and love that you've shown our nation. Lord, I thank you, Lord, you've shown mercy. We have not been good people all the time. There's been evil, but Lord, there's also been righteousness, and there's also been stability, and there's been peace. So in the middle of this moment, Lord, we pray, God, that you would come and that you would bring peace. We pray for security. We pray for righteousness and justice, yes, but we also pray in this particular week that you would, Lord, take care of our leadership in the nation, and that, Lord, you protect them, and that you would guard them, and that you'd guard the the national capital, you guard the state capitals, and that, Lord, that you bring peace to neighborhoods and individual homes, and that there will be a strong sense that your, your peace and your comfort and your covering are over our entire land. We thank you today. We put that in your hands, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I just believe that we can continue to pray and believe for that to happen in our land. Now you're going to see lots of quotes from Dr. King over the next 24 hours or so, but one of them that is my favorite is, darkness can't drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. I love that quote because it really does say a lot also about our series because we're talking about seeking the light. And we need the light, the love of God to drive out any darkness. And darkness, darkness can be felt in many ways. There's absolute evil that perhaps we've seen on the part of the human condition since Adam and Eve first sinned. Where people absolutely do horrible and evil things and murder and and, and, and just difficult things to grasp. We're like, we could feel the evil. But darkness... As we think about it, often we think of it in terms of external darkness, events like 9-11 or the pandemic that we're in, things going on around us, or Hurricane Katrina, the injustice in the legal system, the slide in the moral condition of a nation, perhaps. We can think of that as outside of us. We can think of it as external, and then we can feel it. It can feel overwhelming, things that we can't control. But darkness can also be internal. It can be internal, things that are going on inside of us. Actual sin can plunge people into darkness. Shades of darkness can be uh, seen from the surrounding darkness. One thing leads to another. You're afraid by what's going on outside, and now all of a sudden you're afraid internally, and darkness creeps in. It's as if the, the dimmer switch on the light started slowly going down. It can happen on the inside. I also know people that have experienced the loss of a loved one or loss of health and it's plunged them into darkness and they they feel the darkness on the inside. But Jesus, again, is the good news for us. He's the light of the world and he drives out the darkness. And I want you to turn with me to our text today in 1 John chapter one and I wanna read to you 1 John chapter one, what Jesus does internally and externally. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all Sin. Amen. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. It says in there that God is light. That there is no darkness in him. That we need to leave spiritual darkness if we are to be with God. Living in the light causes us also to have fellowship with each other. When we don't have light inside, it harms our relationships with other people. And if we discover sin either between us and God or between us and other people, then, everybody said then, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we don't have sin, then we are living a, a, a lie, not the truth. But if we confess our sins to Jesus, He forgives and He cleanses. Now, this is, this is why I, I want to talk today about my title, The Message is The Antidote to Internal Darkness. But I want you to have hope today that there is an answer ahead of time. When when the pandemic hit the world, there was no vaccine. And then it rolled through the whole year. We weren't ready for it. And the result of that is that people have gone through much personal, physical pain and loss. Family members that have been lost. Other things that have gone on. The economy hit. Because we didn't have an antidote. But I want you to know that if you experience spiritual darkness on the inside, if you're feeling it emotionally in your mind, if you're encountering some form of, of shades of gray in your, your heart and in your mind and you have no optimism in your soul, it's, it's, uh, you have good news. And here's the good news. The good news is Jesus has an antidote before this all happened. What we need to do is tap into his antidote. I uh, was doing a little research, our team was, and we discovered that in 1998, on June 25th, 1998, a lightning storm in Minnesota struck a line, which caused a transmission failure in the electrical system. A second strike caused cascading transmission line dis- disconnections, and eventually the northern Midwest was separated from the eastern grid. People went without power for up to 19 hours in areas of the Midwest, central Canada. For one entire night, people were without power, light, no street lights, traffic lights, or house lights. Much of the northern Midwest was in darkness. I don't know. Anybody remember that time? There perhaps are people in our church that could have remembered that. It all started in Minnesota. Not all good things come out of Minnesota, I guess. But here's, here's what I want you to catch One strike and then a second in one area spread from one city to the county to the region to the upper Midwest. And darkness wasn't just in one location, but it spread to other locations. And I think that this is a a point that everything, one thing leads to another. A parent Abuses a child that child is wounded by hateful treatment and treats and feels bad about themselves. and then a series of attempts by the child over the years as they become an adult to cover the pain of darkness medic and then they medicate through alcohol and drugs to get away from it. It's not just one thing. It's a cascading series of events. How about in a pandemic year where news and fear and anxiety and disagreements by friends and anger at people posting on justice and anger at people who don't post on justice and darkness slowly slips in and turns the dimmer switch down. It isn't always the big crazy stuff that creates darkness. It's just one thing slowly leading to another. And sin is always lurking ready to turn the light off. James chapter 1, verse 14 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. When it's allowed to grow, the darker it gets, the less love comes out of us. Then it affects other parts of our story, so if I allow darkness in my life, and I think that I'm the only one that knows it's in there, I'm hiding it internally, it will work its way out. And I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about any form of cloudiness, of darkness, the lack of light, the sense of hope, the, the, the presence of Jesus. Anytime those things are inside of me, to think I can bottle it up and keep it stuffed inside It's just not a reality. How many know that's true? It will bump out into somebody else. I mean, how many times in my story, in my life, since Jody and I have been married, have I had a rough night of sleep? I wake up, sort of wake up. How many know what I'm talking about? I can't have coffee uh, because i got to get out the door in a hurry. And then Jody wants to say something loving and kind to me, but I am so internally wound up by something inside of me that it bumps out on how I communicate to my wife. Am I the only one that ever happens to? See, the reality is one thing bumps into another thing. So if you want to deal with your relationships, if you want to do, deal with your desire to build others up and love and care for people around you, it has to start backing the bus up into your internal world. What do you do? And the antidote for that has to be addressed. When parents are in a dark season, it's hard to bring light to your kids. When you are consumed with your own world, you likely won't notice the pain your friends are going through. Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans says, religion without relationship can make you miserable. It will turn you into a servant without a smile. Pursue Jesus. He loves you. I like that. How many of you sometimes we've just been serving without a smile? We haven't really, the world hasn't seen the better version of ourselves because internally we need the light to shine internally. Internally. And that's why John says to the church, stop acting like you aren't dealing with darkness. Just because you're saved at one point in your life doesn't mean that the light switch is permanently off or on. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes we think it's on and sometimes we think it's always going to be off. I run into people as a pastor who are always having one problem after another. And they're convinced that it's never going to get better. And I, one of the things that I, I want to say is, you know, sharing all of your news with me and everybody else isn't changing you. Maybe you need to turn the light switch back on internally. Maybe you need to let Jesus shine into the inner parts of your mind and your heart. And let him have those thoughts that are going on inside of you. I love this about the Bible, that not everyone or anyone is really perfect. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not perfect. <laughs> well, if you're not perfect, you're in good company. Moses stuttered. David's armor didn't fit. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Amos' only training was in the school of fig tree pruning. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Abraham was too old. David was too young. Timothy had ulcers. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus was dead. (laughs) John was self-righteous. Jesus was too poor. Naomi was a widow. Paul was a murderer. So was Moses. Jonah ran from God. Miriam was a gossip. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah was burned out. Come on somebody. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha was a worrywart. Mary was lazy. <laughs> Samson had long hair. I don't know if that's good or bad. Noah got drunk. Did I mention that Moses had a short fuse and so did Peter, Paul, and a lot of folks did. But God doesn't require a job interview of perfection. He doesn't hire and fire like most bosses because he's more like our dad than our boss. He doesn't look at financial gain or loss. He's not prejudiced or partial, not judging, grudging, sassy or brassy, not deaf to our cry, not blind to our need. As much as we try, God's gifts are free and we can do wonderful things for wonderful people and still not be wonderful satan says you're not worthy and jesus says so what i am and satan looks back and sees our mistakes and god looks back and sees the cross and he doesn't calculate what you did 10 years ago it's not even on his record sure there are lots of reasons why god shouldn't want us but he does come on somebody the antidote to darkness is to stop hiding darkness and bring everything into the light. That's the antidote, taking everything into light. And the biblical way to turn the light on internally is through confession. It's hidden in that text in 1 John that I read at the beginning, 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, confess is a good word. Some people are like, no, it's a bad word. The only thing I can think of is when you do something bad, you confess it. But biblically speaking, it's not a bad word. And it's not only about bad things. To confess comes from two Greek words, okay? All right? The two Greek words are homo and logeo. Homo means the same. Logeo means to speak. To confess is to speak the same thing to God as what he already sees. Did you know that God already sees everything? There's nothing hidden in all creation, the scripture says. God sees everything. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before uh, the eyes of him whom we will give an account to. Literally, God sees everything. Now, some of us are like, oh, shoot. (laughs) He sees everything. Yes, he sees everything. And he knows the heart and the mind. And listen, he doesn't look for perfection. He actually just looks to encourage us. He is our biggest fan. We're his kids. He wants great things for us. So internally, when we hide the bad and only share the good, then the darkness only grows. To confess to God is to say, God, I'm going to talk to you about what is already going on inside, and you already see it. Because I've been covering up. Think of Adam and Eve in the garden. When they first sinned, what did they do? Oh, they hid from God. They took some fig leaves. They tried to cover up, and they were hiding from God. And what did God do? He starts bum, 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 going through the garden, walking through. Adam, Eve. And they were hiding from him. But he knew where they were. He was waiting for them to reveal to their God, hey, we're right here. We're really embarrassed. We did something we shouldn't have done. That's what God was waiting for. And I think that God could walk through the the garden of our life, and he's sitting there going, where are you, Joe? Where are you, Susan? Where are you? And we're in our Darkness when we cover up. So confession is saying back to God, I'm coming and I'm going to share with you everything that's going on inside. Everything. Confession is saying to God, I want your light everywhere inside of me. I can't handle this on my own. When you're empty and lost, and some of us have lost our passion, then Lord, shine into me. Shine into me. Now it's turn the light on. Let it come into my soul. Don't let it just be distant. I need that in me. When you're frustrated and angry with the news, shine into me. When you're confused and don't know what to do, shine into me. Any level of darkness inside is an opportunity to open the shades and let his light shine in. When you can't control or fix the fight going on in your family let the light shine in. When you don't know what to do with your business, let the light shine in. When you try to escape the stress and somehow fell into pornography, let the light shine in. When a mom is dealing with postpartum depression, let the light shine in. When you struggle with trust because you were hurt, let the light shine in. When it stays separate from God, you cover it up, the darkness only grows on the inside. And then it bumps to the outside. You know, so many times I will run into people, and uh, trust me, pastors are not perfect. But I can tell where they're at in their faith journey. Sometimes people will say, Father, when they talk to me. I'm like, I'm not a father. I am a father, but I'm not your father. Uh, I'm just a pastor, right? Um, And you can tell their faith journey where they're at. Some people... You know, someone will swear, and then they found out I'm a pastor, and they're like, oops, sorry, you know. Um, one of the things that we do is we've got this impression uh, thing inside of us. We want to impress others. There's the image management part of, of life that we have. And, um, and I, want, I want to encourage you, even challenge you, to, to get over that <laughs> when it comes to God. Because all you're doing is faking it. Have you ever been around somebody that was faking it? And you want to be their friend, but they're hiding. And you're like, just be yourself. Just be who you are. And when it comes to God, God is waiting for you. What are you walking through? And then the daily rhythm of seeking the light goes like this. Lord, I got up this morning and I'm feeling great. I slept good, thank you. Lord, I'm going through the day, things are going good. But then there's also days where you get up and it didn't go so well. So you go, Lord, I'm really cranky right now. Help it to not spill out on everybody else. Would you take care of that and replace my junk with your truth and your life and your joy? And then when you're going through and you have a regular communication with God and you regularly shine the light, On You turn the shades open so that the light can shine in. God can come in and do what you can. He can take that anxiousness out of your soul, that worry feeling that you got inside. He can take it and he can replace it with his peace that passes understanding. Come on, somebody. Literally everything that you try to handle on your own is an opportunity to speak it out to God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 says, for Once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Turn the light on. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible and this is why it is said awake o sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will give you light let's get over the same game in the church not everybody is perfect and not everybody's all okay what we are is people of the light seeking his light internally so that we can love externally The more you trust in God, you'll discover the power of confessing to God and confessing to fellow believers. In spiritual relationships, we can have grace for each other. We can forgive because we're forgiven. If you want to be the kind of person that empowers people to overcome their own brokenness, their own struggles, then you first have to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, deal with my brokenness. And you get your security to help others when you know there's nothing hidden between you and God. Now I want to end today's message with uh, something I want everybody to do. I want you to pull out Psalm 139. I'm going to literally read through the whole chapter with you. And I want you to do it this week because it can be a great rhythm for you in your story, if you will. In Psalm 139, you can find it if you're in our app. You can also go on to the Bible on your Phone or if you have the paper Bible. How many have paper Bibles? Woo, here we go. You know, we may need to restore the paper Bible. uh, Just in case they start changing things digitally uh, on us. Let's go back to the paper Bible. I've been saying it for a long time. Maybe we'll bring it back. But I want you to read this as if it's your daily diary. Your daily journal. And to think about how you talk to God. Now, this is the psalmist singing it to God, but this is, I want you to put yourself in the first person with it. You ready? Yeah. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I go to the grave or Sheol, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning... If I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Isn't this powerful? This is also uh, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, remembering the sanctity of all life. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. I want you to consider that God was there before all the junk happened to you. He was there before you were ever mistreated. He was there before you ever went through injustice. He was there before all of your stupid mistakes because He's into you. Knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex, he says. He's put you together the way he wanted you to be. In Verse 16, he says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Turn to the person next to you right now and just say, God is into you. <laughs> he actually has good thoughts about you. He believes in you. I mean, that is just powerful. He says, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Verse 19, oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Now, let me just pause right here. Some of you are like, where is he going? Did you know that God can take your cruddy thoughts? When you are jealous, when you are hateful, when you are angry, when you think somebody else is uh, winning and they shouldn't win, when you feel like this is wrong, did you know that God can handle it? I've said it before, but the psalmist, where you read the psalms, they would literally confess it all out to God. In other words, they'd open the door, Lord, I feel like doing this today. Lord, my enemy, they, they just keep bugging me and they have it out for me and I don't understand why. Kill them. And in the context of confession to God, what happens is by saying it out to God, he comes in and he takes it out of your heart and he can replace it with something else. This is a powerful truth of confession, being able to say it to God. Verse 21 again, O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies and my enemies, are my enemies. But then verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life mm. this is really the inward prayer today we're going to talk about in coming weeks about being light in the darkness and jesus says you are the light of the world but before you can ever be the light of the world you got to have the light shining in here and the light shining in, sometimes it's scary, it's hurtful, we don't want God to see stuff. But I want to remind you, He already sees it. So if He already sees it, opening the doors isn't inviting judgment, it's inviting mercy and grace and compassion and healing and transformation and hope and joy and peace and life Listen, friends, when we open the door and we just say, Lord, I don't. I want you to search me. Go throughout me. Be like a, a total surgeon looking for the thing that needs to get out of my body. Let your light shine into the very crevices of my soul. Let my motives and my thinking processes be filled with truth. And if there's areas in me, Lord, that would stop me from being the very destiny that you planned for me, then Lord, shine it into that spot because I know when you shine in, Lord, maybe you'll expose those things but now I can confess them to you and because you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness I can have a future without that stuff in me anymore come on somebody, that's the truth, that's the truth there is hope today Today in all of our campuses, at the end of our service, we're going to have an opportunity to just spend overtime prayer worshiping God. And I've been talking about this month, our responsibility when we worship, it's not just about singing to God, it's also about a relationship with him where he's seeing into us, where his light is shining in. And I want to encourage you when we sing in a few moments, just to say, Lord, shine your light. Take it out. Turn it back on. Let it go through me. Everywhere. Every part of my mind. Cleanse me, Lord. All the toxins of the world that we live in. Get them out, Lord. Even my frustrations and my disappointments in me or my spouse or the people around me. Lord, get it out. Shine it. And then, Lord, as your light shines in me, let it produce fruit. fruit of the spirit the life of god let it come out of me so they can touch the world around me would you stand with me today on all of our locations just when you're standing just take a moment before we do go into worship i want to give an opportunity for people that perhaps you've been away from god the light hasn't been shining you need to come back you need to surrender to jesus christ Maybe you once walked with God, but today is your day where you're like, I'm turning all the way around. I'm not going halfway. I'm letting the light shine everywhere in me. Or perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus. You can do it right now. In fact, I wanna encourage you, you can do it in this moment. I wanna lead you in a prayer. Everybody just close your eyes for a moment. If you could, just for a private moment for those that are around you. If you need to give your life to Christ, whether you're in Elk River or Maple Grove or Spring Lake Park or you're Emmanuel at home, you're online. I want you to pray this prayer with me because I believe that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, and that he lives forever, and then you confess your sins to him, he will forgive you and make you new. And you can do it right now, and I want to lead you in this prayer. And everybody else, you can join right now. And just pray this prayer. Repeat these words every day. say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth died on the cross for my sin and you rose from the dead and I know you're alive today I see your light I want your light in me so shine your light and change me forgive me of my sin and make me new I'm yours in Jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then I want to just encourage you to do this right now. I want you to take that next step of following Jesus, take your phone out and you text the word Emmanuel to 313131, I'll send you a link right now of your next steps of following Jesus. Really double dog dare you to do it. Not just think about it, but take that next step. Don't just pray a prayer, but take the next step in following Jesus. All right. One more time. Give it up for all those that gave their life to Jesus today. Amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.